This is Back to Debbie, a show brought to you by Campus Kitten. This podcast specializes in collegiate football players and their potential for future fantasy success in the NFL. I'm your host, Mike V. This is my co-host, Corey P. And we're, we're going to be going over a little bit of uh, some bowl games, just some guys we're trying to look out for. We're going to go over the portal movement, where people already landed, just going over where we want some people to land going into it. But anyway, Corey, want to hit us with the news, or are we just getting right into it? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll start a little bit here with, with some news. And uh, please excuse my voice. I'm a little under the weather today, and I've only been getting about three hours of sleep with uh, my newborn. But we're heading newborn. into... Yeah. Corey! <laughs> congrats on the sex dude thank you thank you uh it's been uh, quite a crazy over here i've got a sick household over here all that it's it's been fun i'll just say that and that's sarcasm but uh heading over to the nfl draft let's look at a couple guys who are declaring and we missed this a little bit so we might be a little bit behind but we've got uh g5 leader in rushing uh kamani vidal he's uh declared for the draft we also have Trey Benson from FSU. He's declared for the draft, uh, which was expected. And he's rising up my rankings right now just because people are not declaring. So <laughs> it, we were not sure what's happening with Henderson. So it's kind of a sub- um, addition by subtraction thing there where he's just kind of, I don't even know where to place this guy right now. The running back rankings are looking really weird right now. But we'll get into that another time. Uh, looking at TCU running back Imani Bailey, he's also declared for the draft, a guy that I've called the, the Jalen Warren of this year's draft. Oregon wide receiver Troy Franklin, he declared as well, which was expected. Uh, Tez Walker over at UNC, he also declared. And Bucky Irving, running back over at Oregon, also declared. We do have a couple names returning as well. Uh, right at the top of the list here with UGA quarterback Carson Beck, which we expected. I, I think a couple people were still maybe thinking he might, maybe with a strong playoff push he would have, but he's going to be returning next year. I think that's the best thing for him. I think he has a chance to potentially push for a first round pick next year with some more development uh, in this offense throughout next season. Uh, Torrey Horton, uh, Colorado State wide receiver, he's also returning. That one might have been a bit of a surprise. Uh, Ricky White over at UNLV really blew up in that offense this year. Returning, I think maybe he wants to grow on those numbers, get a little bit more attention. But he was a guy that I know you really liked as a potential climber, sneaky day three guy that could outplay his draft uh, projection as well. And then this one just came out. Uh, Kansas running back Devin Neal, who was pushing for my running back three Mm. right now, he's going to be returning to Kansas. I think the thing with him was always that I was a little bit worried about the attention he was getting over there at Kansas. And I guess he's trying for another year to try to get more attention, but you just weren't hearing his name a lot, even though I really think he deserves a lot more attention. So out of these names here, does anybody here kind of surprise you that they're coming back or somebody that declared anything like that? Uh, first off, Ricky White and Devin Neal right now are both playing each other. I don't know if you're aware of that, like right now as we speak. Yeah, Kansas versus you and yeah, they're playing yeah. as. Uh, but anyway, the one that would surprise me is Tory Horton. I think he's entering his fifth year, could be sixth year. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a little bit older for G five, right? We like to see G five guys like produce early. They never come out early. The only like two early declares last, I think, ten or fifteen years has been Devonte Adams and Sky Moore. So. Um, but this, we expect him to come out this year with this production. So it, it just, I, I, I didn't like the talent. I didn't really believe in him being a day two guy. I think people were just looking at the Colorado game for the most part, but yeah. he's going back. So we'll see how he plays, but I think he's stiff and a little overrated. 
Yeah, I really didn't love the way they use him this year either. They didn't really show off enough of a skill set for me to be excited about. It was a lot of those uh, quick shallow crossers where he was just running after the catch, you know, seven-yard gain, nine-yard gain, whatever. He did have a couple of nice passes down the field or whatever. I just wanted to see more of it. I don't think that it was extensive an extensive enough look at him. So coming back, maybe he thinks he can rise again. But, you know, even staying at Colorado State, I would have assumed if he's going to come back, maybe you want to look for a jump up somewhere and maybe kind of show your stuff at a Power 5 level if, if you felt like this year really didn't do it for you. And that kind of goes for the guy that I want to talk about too in Devin Neal where like he him coming back to Kansas I don't know if he can do anything else to raise his draft stock if he hasn't gotten the attention that he's got that he deserves right now over there can he really gain more attention coming back for another year I almost feel like he's the type of guy that needs to enter the transfer portal and go have a one-year stint somewhere else and and really put his name on the map a little bit more you go to Bama yeah and be and be the guy over there right if Trevor Etienne can go to Georgia he can go to Bama yeah, exactly. I mean, even but even in he's been a guy who's been in a committee like his whole career as well, and he's been efficient in it. So it's like even if he goes somewhere to share, go to Florida and take over where Etienne is is leaving and become the guy running around with Montreal Johnson, maybe become the lead guy there or something. I don't know. I just think that he could do a lot better for himself given the profile that we we really like. I know there's there's a lot of truthers out there for Devin Neal. Um, he just doesn't seem to get the attention from the draft mix. And I just hope that this isn't a thing where we're in too deep with this guy and the draft people are trying to tell us something by not talking about him very much, but yeah, he's an interesting one. Um, other than that names that I was surprised about declaring, I don't think there was anybody here that I'm really surprised about that was declaring. I think Amani Bailey could have came back for another year. I thought maybe he'd want to grow on that year. Um, I thought that was potential, but I'm glad to see him enter this year. I think in a thin a th- a class that's growing thinner by the, by the day, um, he could be a name on day three that might make some noise, similar to like a Jalen Warren at, at Pittsburgh or something. As a complimentary guy, I don't think he's lined up for anything big. But other than that, I think all these were kind of expected and uh, nothing really here that's standing out to me too much. I think Vidal's a fourth-year guy. I I just think I'm used to like G5 guys just using their using their um, eligibility all the way to the end. So yeah, or looking like for a jump left. up, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe he like saw his coach leave and was like, well, this is it. We'll just go up. Yeah, I mean, for a guy who who did everything he did this year, you know, leading the 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 G five at least in the regular season. I don't know if he's still going to lead after after a bowl season, but leading the uh, G five in rushing this year. Like, I mean, uh, I I would have assumed he was probably going to be looking for a jump up, but he's taken what he did, and he's hopefully going to you know get some draft capital or at least be an undrafted free agent and and hopefully turn some heads in camp. Uh, but guys, be sure to head over to the website at Campus to Canton, where you can become a member with one of our many subscription options, some of which include access to our draft guides that are going to be coming out this offseason. We're going to be getting to work on those real soon. Uh, our CFF projections weekly, we're one of the only places that does that. Our advanced metric tools, you can, you can see those things all over Twitter. People love to use them. You're going to have access to all that stuff. We also have the brand new C2C winning edge that was really good this year all season long. Has the school depth charts, uh, statistical projections coming into the year, the returning production that's going to be coming. And uh, during this offseason, as well it's probably the best source for the transfer portal out there so make sure you guys are checking out our family of podcasts and the youtube channel to help guide you guys through the offseason Corey, how was your how was your christmas it wasn't bad man you know I, with a newborn it's probably not as exciting as i was uh, as i was hoping but uh it, it's been good i was glad to see some family glad to see uh mm-hmm. some smiles on my kids faces uh, i overall had a pretty good time how about you Wait, are you, uh, so wait, do you, um, I don't have kids. Are you like up at like midnight, you know, sneaking around the house? Are you, one oh, of yeah. Those? I had the cookies out. I had the half, half drinking glass of milk, you know, to make it look like Santa came by. If there was snow on the ground, we've had actually uh, an un, uncharacteristically warm winter, but I would have put footsteps outside too. Some of the neighbors like to do that oh, yeah. to make it look like Santa's going house to house. Snow. Yeah, there was some snow, you know, things like that. So yeah, yeah. we did all of that. You know, it makes the kids That's happy. Good. That's good stuff. <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry, that's funny. Um, no, we we had a good Christmas too. We had a. I was a little nervous though. I thought I might have to go see my um, vegan in laws uh, for dinner. So like I, I cooked myself some meat for lunch. I, I what, got yeah, what, do you, what do you eat at a vegan Christmas? I don't even know. <laughs> they're no, they're really nice and playful. They, they would have had me cook real food, but I I would have, I would have already pre eaten just to be safe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but no, I had a good Christmas too. I had to rotate my wardrobe. I've been rocking my college shirts. I'm just for everyone listening. I'm about to hit 30. So I've been rocking my college shirts for like the last, I don't know, eight years. They all got holes, dude. I mean, there's like, <laughs> whole, like, you know how like your toddlers just grab something with like a death grip. Dude, if like a two year old, like grabbed my front pocket on all my shirts, they could, they could just Hulk rip my whole shit apart. Like it's, it's hanging on. So Anyway, rotated my t-shirt wardrobe this year. I actually had a Christmas lift, so I was like, yeah, please, new t-shirts. Large. Extra large from certain brands, but mostly large. Are you trying to hint at me to buy you something from uh, one of our sponsors? Yeah, thank you for picking up on that. Homefield <laughs> Apparel. Uh, we have a promo code. No one used it for me, but my birthday is coming up, Corey. Just saying. 15% off for your first purchase at Homefield Apparel for the vintage retro t-shirts they have there, athletic gear. It doesn't, it's not just football. They have other sports there too. So it's got something for everybody there. And we have a little discount code for you. Um, I'll tell you what, if you can bring home that national championship in the program, which congratulations, by the way, for making it to the finals, you, I'm getting you that Homefield Apparel shirt and spending the, and using our CGC promo code. Cool. You know, I appreciate you, dude. I appreciate you for offering that. I appreciate your loyalty, which Austin did not show for his co-host. Corey out here is like, I got a kid, no problem. I'm still coming on here with Mike. Oh, yeah, I got you. I got you, man. It's not the easiest thing, but I got you. (laughs) You got in the chat and you were like, you can get away with stuff on your second kid. You were, I don't even know, dude. You're getting away with stuff from my perspective. (laughs) Uh, Maybe a little bit. There might have been a little bit of show editing in the hospital room. (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll see how much longer I can get away with that. Thank you. Uh, And shout out to Nate for not letting me know that my microphone was going through my computer the whole time. Yeah, I got my earbuds plugged into my mic, and so I was sounding good the whole time on my end. But it was a great episode. I love it Nate. It was a great episode. Great. Nate's got to get us Thank once you a very year. Much, Nate. Yeah, yeah. Nate got Nate has to get us once a year. He got us with not telling us about Devontae Walker until like two weeks before the season started. And this year, I thought we were. <laughs> He's going to get on you for saying that again. You know that, right? <laughs> Whatever. And he got. <laughs> then he got me right here with this microphone stuff, but. All right, let's go. Let's talk about portal movements. And Christmas came early for Georgia because they had three additions in the portal. They had running back Trevor Etienne, little brother to Travis Etienne in the NFL, going from Florida to Georgia. It's tired of splitting that backfield with Montreal Johnson. Colby Young comes over from Miami, and then they also have London Humphreys from Vandy, the true freshman big man there. Uh, Colby Young and London Humphreys, similar size guys. I think they're kind of play the same similar role too as well. So this will be a positional battle. Always give the edge to the more experienced wide receiver the two. Also just the downright better player too. So let's just. Yeah, I mean, like of these three guys here, I am kind of interested. I, I'm, I'm kind of interested in the additions they made anyways. Like I, I feel like Georgia was maybe chasing um, some roles that they didn't feel they currently had in, in the wide receiver room. I mean, um, like I've personally refer- referred to Colby Young as having like a Keon Coleman type skill set. And I, I truly do believe that he's a physical wide receiver, can play some bully ball, um, has some sneaky juice too. Like we saw on that screen pass uh, in that game this year versus Ohio. Like I think he reached almost 22 miles per hour on that pass. Uh, and they really didn't have like that guy they could just chuck it up to. I think a lot of people thought Rara Thomas, 
who came over from Mississippi State last year was gonna be that guy. Um, I do think that he does have some good hands too. But I think the transition from that like that Mike Leach air raid system um, a lot harder than a lot of people give credit for. I don't think he brings the same physical presence that Colby does as well. And then with London as well, I just don't think they had that size, speed, vertical threat um, that could torch defenses down the field. I mean, I think they've been trying to make Arian Smith that guy um for, for a couple of years now but he keeps getting his own way with injuries so i feel like they attacked some of the roles they felt that like they didn't have in their room so i kind of like it from that perspective for them i don't love it for their value i just I, at the same time you know at least georgia wide receivers get looked at a little bit more so they get more national attention but still we haven't seen a lot drafted very highly i mean since like george pickens or whatever which was still a third round pick or end of the second i can't remember Early, uh, where exactly he went mid-second, yeah mid-second so yeah he and he tested like a freak i'm not sure any of these guys are going to hit that level etienne is the really interesting one here i want to get your thoughts on it. you know a guy who surprised okay. me as a freshman um you know continued to look good splitting the backfield there with with uh montreal johnson now comes to uga where i think it might even be a bigger split we haven't heard anything going on with kendall Mil- kendall milton yet this obviously could put a damper on Roderick Robinson kind of making an impact next year. I know Branson Robinson is still there. He's probably not going to make much of an impact. Andrew Paul is still there. Second year move from an ACL. This could be like a really, really ugly committee backfield. How are you feeling about him coming here? I, do, I, I'm i like net neutral. You know, I, I think I am excited because they're always hurt over there. So we know he's yeah. a team bill of health. He's probably going to come in here as a lead back. Like get, get Milton's ass out of here. Like we're tired of it. Just get out. <laughs> um, so I, I do i do like this because like he was always splitting it was kind of this florida's offense was definitely clicking like as a system but it was like they were only capable of one thing so anyway i i, I like this move for etienne um and i'm not scared of the other guys either like they're all hurt they're all coming back from injury uga rotates their players like so i'm not like looking at this as like a destiny for roger robinson who is back and playing he's healthy uh I'm trying to think about Br- branson already his Batella kill is not this really. Yeah, he's done yeah. next year, anyways. We'll we'll see what happens into 2025, I guess. But yeah. I do think Andrew Paul not touching the field this year kind of lets you know that it's not going well for him. Yeah, either. I wonder if he's a tran- he's a transfer out candidate eventually too. Oh, once you he's know all what? These, all these new bodies coming in. Yeah, yeah. I think he. We gotta look and see if his names are there. Going back to Colby Young though, I do think this is a stock up for Colby Young because I I felt like he was left for dead halfway through the year. You know, yeah. like, I don't think he would. So I I think he gets back to being getting looks. Um, Georgia had a, probably the best passing offense it's had in forever, and it's like a vacuum there. Now, I've been joking in the slack about Colby Young will be the first 1,000-yard receiver. <laughs> I don't truly believe that. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's hard to, like, not look at this and be like, this is not only a vacuum, but, like, there is no favorites here. And so th- this could be fun. It's, it's ambiguous. It's like take your shot. I mean, Colby Young is probably rostered everywhere anyway. So this is more of a hold, maybe a sell if you find like a Georgia fan that's like really big on him. But for the most part, like if you're a Colby Young owners, you you appreciate the reshuffle. Like this is a really good reshuffle. Yeah, I've already got a bunch of Georgia fans like liking my like year old tweets about Colby Young and shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> because they're all excited yeah. about him. You got it too. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah, a strong bunch on Twitter, seven. man. Yeah, it's all of a sudden it gets like retweeted and like liked like a hundred times. It's like crazy. Like my Dylan Bell tweet must have got like 130 likes. I was like, holy shit, like Dylan Bell. Like, wow. Um, we do yeah. have a couple other names here to kind of look at too. We've got Texas quarterback Malik Murphy, he's going over to Duke. Uh, Mississippi State running back Jaquavius Marks going over to USC, kind of an interesting landing spot there. And then three G five names I just wanted to throw on the list. Um, we've got Cyrus Allen going over to Texas A and M, a guy that I spotlighted in our transfer portal original episode of a guy that I kind of wanted to see make the jump. See uh, Bangura from Ohio uh, going over to Minnesota here, and then Daquan Finn, quarterback for Toledo, going over to Baylor here. Um, any of these kind of stand out to you here? 
Yeah. Do Do you like think like some schools have a type? I, like Duke has a type, dude. Like Duke has a yeah. type. I think Malik Murphy is very similar to um, Riley. I think Riley is probably a better runner, but like this, these are pretty, pretty similar guys here to me. As far yeah, as Malik or Murphy probably a better arm, and not necessarily like touch and everything like that. Just strength. a stronger arm, like yeah, strength strength wise, fit in those tight windows and stuff. It is. I think Austin put it perfectly that he kind of picked a place that he knew his talent would exceed at. You know, like he didn't overshoot and then be the problem somewhere like that yeah. needed a really good quarterback. He's kind of going to settle in here and be like the guy, a, a good part of this offense here. I think it was a good, I'm a little bit worried about their weapons and stuff like that. I think Calhoun is done. They're one of their top wide receivers. I like Jordan Moore. I've talked about him a couple yeah. times on this show. So he could be a guy that kind of breaks out here as well. Um, oh, I think uh, Cyrus Allen's going to be the guy they wish Tyron Smith was going to be. Sivan has got to be banking on injuries to even touch the field. Uh, that's like, what I was going to say too. I feel like I, and for me too, right there that like Cyrus out of the G five guys, Cyrus Allen is my winner. I think uh good size um, speed wait, guy, wait, wait. you know, down, down the field guy. I think he's going to be a big winner going over to Texas A&M. I think, and then Ben Gurr, I just don't understand. Like, I don't know. We just saw Darius Taylor in this bowl game, like literally tonight go off for return healthy 35 carries for like 200 plus yards. He's going to be the main guy last year. And then they even had, what's his name? Uh, Ruben or, or Newbin, Jordan Newbin, who's only like a second year guy as well, or going into his third year next year, who's also making an impact, going to be returning next year. I don't know where he fits into here. I kind of feel like he made a bad mistake jumping up here. No, I agree with you. And you said like Cyrus Allen for G5, you mean not like these three or just overall in the portal? Like this is your favorite G5? No, out of these three group, out of this, oh, three, okay. out of these three guys we're talking about here. Yeah, no, I yeah. just feel like they have so much guys leaving. Anaya Smith is leaving, Evan Stewart's now entered the portal. Um, this guy has NFL speed. At least, you know, he's like a 17.4 yard, uh, for sure. yeah. yard ADOT guy, 18.6 yard for catch guy, over two yards per out run. He's going to need to show that he can be like more than just that vertical downfield guy. But, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of room for to make noise here. I, I'm quietly optimistic he can make some noise here. I like this. Yeah, I like that. And then how do you feel at Daquan Finn? We talked a little bit last week with Nate about it. I'm really not into G5 quarterbacks. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm just scarred by um Grant Wells at Virginia Tech. Like, I really was a believer in. Uh, Nate was a huge believer in consciously like I, I Baylor always makes things interesting like I like the higher Jake Spavadol over at Cal I think Cal's been a little bit underrated given what's happening over there so um but I, I am not a Daquan Finn fan no I've never been a huge fan I haven't watched much of his tape from this past year but we do have a lot of believers uh, on the CFF side of things over yes. at uh, at campus to Canton that really like him so I'm kind of eager to look at him a little bit more this year see if there's anything there that stands out to me but I'd be giving a really uninformed opinion right now about him without looking at him a little bit harder. He looked pretty bad in, in the bowl game. <sighs> Maybe I don't need to look at him. Then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of, of all the transfer portal movements so far here, though, like uh, across the whole group, you kind of just answered this question with it, with the G5 question. You asked me if it was everything. Who do you think has the best chance to raise their stock in 24? Like, Who's your favorite landing spot so far uh, of guys that have, uh, have committed somewhere so far? I have a Colby Young bias, but um, the the most I'm looking at is probably Jared Brown. And this is a G5 guy going up to yeah. South Carolina. He has a yak skill set. Like that in, in South Carolina staff, like they, like not just this staff, but prior staffs, like they like to use like these dual threat, like not dual threat, gadgety wide receivers. And I, I think Jared Brown has like a very high-end gadgety skill set. So I'm interested to see how they're used for him. Big vacuum. They always kind of live and die by the portal. So anyway, I'm very excited about Jerry Brown at South Carolina. No one's really talking about him. So I think he's probably a pretty low price to get, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I, I'm the most excited about 
that one for now until Will Howard commits, but (laughs) yeah, I do think there's an element of this where it's like, it's kind of like our guys a little bit. We want to see them succeed. Right. Like I I do think that's a thing. Like my guy, I've always been a Matthew golden fan. So that was was one of my options here. I'm really excited about his skill set going over to Texas. They're going to be losing like four of their leading, their receiving options. If you include JT Sanders at tight end too. So I mean, and Quinn Ewers, we don't know. We think he's going to return. We're not going to. We don't know the answer to that until after they finish playing. I think there's been some rumors that he's going to return, though. So maybe if he returns, that could be a nice link up there. I think he easily walks into the wide receiver one role there. But for me, man, again, going to the heart here, I honestly think Chip Train. I'm going to Kentucky is going to be awesome, man. Like it's 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 essentially resurrecting his value from the brink of death. Uh, death, though. Like I mean, it's yes. because we're, we're yes. talking about value risers. This is going to be a big value riser. We see how they use their running backs. Um, Trainum fits that mold more than anybody on that roster right now. You know, he's the Benny Snells, the Chris Rodriguez, who, who we did see break out a little bit this past weekend, actually um, getting some playing time with Brian Thomas out. Um, even Ray Davis, who I think went from an undrafted free agent to a p- potential D3 pick this year. I think that is probably likely he fits that. So Trainum fits that 220 plus mold. He's probably the most athletic of the guys that I've even been talking about. He had that good freshman season at Arizona state. Well, he's very athletic, man. Like he has a very storied high school career, all American linebacker, all American running back. Like like, it's been five years since that. No, I I think he's, I would, I would put him at like a four, four, nine. That's where I think he is. Like I like, like that type of guy. I think he has that kind of speed to him with that size. Uh, I'm just excited to see what you can do here. We saw him flash a little bit for Ohio State, and, and it's not like Bert, like it's not like super burst speed. I think he's more of a build-up speed guy, but I still think that athleticism is there. I think he, he could probably test well. Uh, I think he's going to end up a decent supplemental pick this year, man, if he's available. So I'm glad I held on to some shares at least. Yes, I think he resurrected. I think he's fits on the spectrum of Kentucky powerbacks. We'll see him yeah. day three. We'll, yeah, and we'll hopefully it's be able probably, to play I mean, him twice. Running backs nowadays is probably all day three, really, unless you're like stud of the stud, really. So I think I day three is the most we could hope for. I am not excited about next year's running back class. Like it's like there's no, no like. We, well, we are getting some guys. Like if Travion Henderson goes to next year, Devin Neal goes to next year, gets a bump. Yeah, like at least Henderson those are two goes guys. next year. Yeah, but like yeah. as of right, right now, it's like, dude, who's the stud? Who's the guy going early second round? Like, you're gonna hear Amari and Hampton. You're gonna hear Aldie Gordon. You're gonna hear like and and we like and, and, although we like those guys and they probably proved some of us wrong in some ways. You know, especially Amari and Hampton proved us wrong a little bit. Like I still don't know if they're like round two guys, day two guys. Like to me at least, like I don't like Amari and Hampton's gonna do what? He's gonna, he gonna test a four six? Uh, maybe. Like exactly. he looks like I, I, I will give him credit for being a little bit more than I gave him credit for originally, but I still think he, he, he leans towards the plotter those, side of things. Those little legs are so fast, but they go nowhere. <laughs> they go nowhere. He, like, it's I, like the cartoon, like cartoon running. Like that's like, yes. what it makes you think of. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum though, who, okay. like, if we were to talk about guys that we think who, who's hurt themselves the most out of this early transfer portal wave, like who, what, what landing spot did you hate so far? Okay, definitely Raheem Sanders, right? Like that's the obvious answer here. Yeah, Raheem I think that's Sanders. a good one. Yeah, yeah, Raheem Sanders is is um like the I, I don't know if he can transfer down from Arkansas in the SEC, but like you might have here. <laughs> they, just, they rotate running backs there too. Like it's yeah, it, unless yeah, unless they're hoping terrible. that he's going to change that, unless they're hoping he can come in and be the guy, like the main guy for. And the, they promise him something different than what they do every year. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. man, look at 200 touches. Bad. And he's got work to do himself. He has to, you know, probably cut his way and prove that he can be the guy, like, going forward here. I, I it, This question was hard for me as well. I don't think anybody necessarily did terrible for themselves. 
Um, you know, I don't love wide receivers going to Georgia, but I do like the guys in a sense that went there. So I think it's kind of good for them in a long way. If I was to single out one guy, I don't love Bo Collins going to Notre Dame. I don't think Riley Leonard is a great passer. Um, he's going to be probably the starter for the Fighting Irish uh, after transferring there. Um, they've also got Green Jake, uh, Jane Greathouse, who we like a lot. They might clash a little bit with their skill sets. Um, maybe there is a little bit of hope for revitalization with Mike Denbrock coming in. I'm just not sure that happens in one year's time. Then we're looking at a fifth-year profile for Bo Collins. If he happens to break out maybe in like 2025, it doesn't all come together this year. He just wasn't really a player I loved to begin with. It just it, 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 And it takes him off the radar for me as a CFF asset. So it's like I'm not going to be investing in him in C2C either. So I just don't see myself taking him a lot. I just think like even though he was already plummeting for me, this might be the, the nail in the coffin for me. That's a good one too. Yeah, and I, I wrote in one of my Adam City Q articles for I, my deep stash one. This one's going to be dropped in like two weeks. Uh, I wrote like the, the top receiving option there with Rico Flores with 40, 49 targets. Yeah. Like that was like, that's it. Like it's not it's bleak. Like there's a lot of vacancy there, but like it really wasn't that great when you look yeah. when you and, go and Nor- Notre Dame wide receivers are really just not making like a huge impact at the next level. Either. No. At least right now, like we said, new OC coming in, things might change as we go forward here, but it's not like super promising. Uh, do we want to talk about the entries? We kind of skipped over. I don't know if we did that on purpose. Yeah, no, we can talk about, I, I listen. I wrote down three names here. Uh, Jeremiah Hunter, your boy from Cal. He's yes. entered uh, Michael Trigg, tight end extraordinaire, at least in the spring. He's he's entering again, uh, transferring away from Ole Miss there, previously of USC. And then we got the big one, Mr. Evan Stewart, Texas A&M wide receiver. There was some rumor, is he entering? Is he just trying to get his money that he apparently didn't get? He's a big one here that could probably go anywhere and succeed, and he's probably going to have the options open to him to go anywhere. So where are you hoping to see Evan Stewart end up? All right, you ready for this one? Let's see it. Ohio State. Ohio State, really? I could see, like, my comparison for Evan Stewart is Garrett Wilson. So I see that type of skill set fitting in there, and I understand that. And they do have a lot of guys leaving. Julian Fleming gone. Their top two guys potentially gone. I don't know about what's going to happen with that group. But it's not, that's not really that crazy of a thought, I don't think. Yeah, I think it'll be Tate, like Tate taking over that Marvin Harrison. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think this could be the duo next year. Because, I, like, I, we like the true freshmen, but they're true freshmen, you know? The yeah. true freshman breakout for me is like 500 yards. Like that's that would be a great true freshman season. But I I think Stewart like like what's what's an upgrade from Texas A&M right now? Like I don't even like Texas A&M, but like it's the landscape kind of sucks. He's gonna go somewhere that preserves his draft capital. Right, like Scott isn't one priority when he transfers somewhere. Plus yeah. a small bag. Like this guy's very money motivated, obviously. So yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I go somewhere he's gonna get money and the draft capital is preserved. And like Ohio State seems pretty easy. Yeah, that is, that's actually a pretty good one. I kind of like that one there. It wasn't it was kind of a little bit out of the box there because I didn't actually think about that one. I, some people are pointing to Texas because he was committed there. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Once with no. uh, with they Golden had three there, nice one. names there with like the similar skill set. Like I'm a little like I'm not worried about Matthew Gold. I'm a little worried about John Tate Cook. Yeah, I think they can like play, have the same skill. And then I'm a really big fan of the incoming recruit, um, Aaron Butler. Who like all yeah. three of them I think have like a very similar skill set. So I'm like, damn, yeah, I really like all three of these guys a lot. Yeah, so it's almost it's almost a bit of hoping he doesn't go there, and also a bit yes. of like I don't I don't know if it really lines up anymore. It seems like, the, and who knows if Adonai returns? We don't even know any of that, those questions yet. Yes. If any of those guys could return, which would put a big damper on it. If Quinn returns, it could they could make it could make the other guys want to return too. Let's run it back. Let's do it again. Depending on what happens in the playoffs here, <laughs> yes. um, Alabama. Yeah, Alabama is kind of an interesting one. I just worry more about Jalen Milrow getting him the ball consistently. My choice here. 
um, bit outside the box as well, but I think LSU could be a really interesting one, man. Okay. I know there's some quarterback issues there, but if they go with a guy like Garrett Nussmeyer, I think he's good enough to feed Stewart the targets he needs. Um, huge void there with Thomas and neighbors leaving this year. Um, not a lot of options to fill the gaps and you bring in a savvy guy like Stewart can probably fit in any system at this point. I think he walks right into that number one RC role for a, a school that continues to produce NFL talent at the position. I think that's, I think that's an interesting spot for him if he wants to look, look for somewhere to go. I like that. Also, by the way, I did not know Michael Trigg was in the portal until I saw it on the sheet. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of faded uh, into uh, nothing here, I guess, uh, especially in Debbie value. Like, I can't even picture spending a, a pick on him. Like, we know he's going to be one of those tight ends, I think, that's athletic and, like, maybe impresses uh, at, at the combine or whatever. We know production necessarily yeah. isn't the end-all, be-all for these guys. Like, I just saw, what's his name? Um, Baylor Cup. He was like a number one tight end like four years ago. Hasn't done nothing. Suffered like really bad injuries. He's entering the draft this year. And I'm like, why are you entering the draft? Nothing to your name to even enter the draft with. But we know he's kind of athletic and we know he can maybe make some noise for himself that way. I think that's kind of what these guys want to do. Maybe Michael Trick can still be that guy, but it's not going to be a guy that I'm going to be investing in no matter where he goes. Well, he goes to Colorado or Colorado State. Uh, Colorado might be kind of fun. Use him as a go wide receiver. They had they had that guy there, Michael Harrison, this year who um, was kind of used that way. They split him out wide a little bit. That could be a fun line. So, what about your boy Jeremiah Hunter? Are you hoping he kind of kind of looking for a bump up, or are you worried this is a bump down? No, actually, I think he's a bump up. I think this is him trying to like get NFL draft capital. You know, because um, there was talks last about him in the portal, and he made a statement like like you know, this is my school, I'm loyal. You know, so yeah. I think this is his like. I got to get some money. I got to go to the draft here um, eventually. So he took visits as a, as a recruit. He had like six offers and two of those were Oregon and Arizona state. Kenny Dillingham goes over from Oregon to Arizona state. So I think mm-hmm. both those schools, I think could use him and probably still have interest in him. So I'm looking at those, those are the two spots that I would like to see him go to one of those two. Yeah. I haven't heard of Badger entering the Elijah Badger wide receiver there in Arizona State as well, entering the league, entering yet either. I think those two could really complement each other really well because Jeremiah is kind of more of that possession y, like, like can be a bully ball wide receiver, can kind of operate as a number one. And, yeah. you know, uh, Badger's kind of like that underneath yak guy who can do a little bit of everything or whatever. Like, it's that that would actually be an interesting duo going forward uh, next year. And two interesting quarterbacks there now with Jaden Rashada and, uh, Sam Levitt transferring over there as well. So yeah. that, that, that's, you, that's uh, you think that's you think that's an actual quarterback battle? Like come springtime, like think that'll be a legit. Like, I don't know. Legit, not like the bullshit reported. Stuff hey, you like guys, that. you guys really like Sam Levitt, and I trust you guys on your quarterback evaluation. It's not my strong point. Um, so if you guys say that he's he's as good as you guys think he is, then I think he's probably going to push Gene Rashada, who's, who had his ups and downs last year. Maybe they're going to stick to him and just be loyal to him or whatever, but there was definitely some ups and downs that year. And I think entering the season, if Levitt starts to show some stuff, there's probably no reason not to at least give the guy a shot. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that one. Yeah. Uh, you ready to get into potential bowl game risers? Let's do it. It's bowl game season, dude. It's coming up. So let's get into talking about some potential risers here. Now, Bowl, bowl games are fun. Bowl games are fun, but they're also mm-hmm. like, look, look, guys. Here's here's how I view bowl games. I view bowl games like I view the NFL preseason. Like none of these games matter. A lot of the starters opted out for the NFL draft, or they opted out to save themselves for next year, or they hit the portal. Like that's a lot of players. Like the rosters are missing up to like twenty guys, and mm-hmm. so it's a lot of these like third stringers that are like playing for their future. You know, so even though they might be like trying real hard, like they're not as high of a quality as the actual starters. So um, you got to be careful with some of these breakouts. Transfer portal still open. Like it's still open. So 
yeah, anyway, so the bowl games can be fun. They can also be just absolute, just terrible games. So keep an open mind, but like also like some of these breakouts, grain of salt, like Lorenzo Styles, 100 yards. We loved it. I loved <laughs> yeah. it. He yeah. became a cornerback. Like, so yeah. Marvin I, Harrison, though, took off. Love yeah, him. yeah, and He's you do great. get guys on the other end, right? Josh Downs from UNC, he he flashed in the bowl game, which led to him going off for two years. You know, we had a guy like even small scale, but LaQuinn Allen last year, we saw him blow up in the bowl game, led to a pretty strong season this year, CFF wise at least. Maybe could become a Debbie Pencil. So these these bowl games at least give us a look into the potential future of the next year, and it's it's really guys' last bid to make a claim for a starting shot to prove that they deserve a starting spot and the team not go look in the portal for their replacement, you know? So this is really a last chance for a lot of guys. The last impression. Yeah. Uh, speaking of LeQuint, bro, 21 rushes for zero yards. Oh God. I don't even, that's, you... I, like, I don't even watch the game. What happened? Like, I, like his rushing prop was at like 120 yards or something like 100, that. 130 like, on underdog. I think it was. What the heck? I have no idea what happened there. I didn't even watch the game, but I'm imagining just Syracuse just mailed it in. Like I'm just, yeah. He the line just disintegrated like right. He away. must have had like a really bad loss. Like maybe it was a bad snap and he ran back and got it and tried to make something happen. And then like was like constantly trying to like I don't know. I'm guessing. I didn't even look at the game. So I'm just hoping I, that's I what didn't watch the was. full thing, but I know like the first three attempts in a row were all like, for, like negative four yards. That's like, they just kept getting in the backfield. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get on to these riders though. Let's go over to quarterbacks here. I'm gonna start out with a little bit of a hotbed here at USC, right? Fans are hating the idea of Will Howard <laughs> getting over there. Like, I, these, their fans need to dedicate, dedicate their hatred to the defense, not the offense. Like, they really need to focus on hating the defense. But what if the answer isn't Will Howard? What if the answer is Miller Moss? Quarterback that's been there. He's gotten small little sample sizes. Like, you know, nothing like really too big. But like on the year, he's got 23 completions for 32 attempts. 309 yards and one touchdown, no picks, like real safe, 7.4 ADOT, like his adjusted completion percentage is 80%. Like it's not like, it's a small sample size, but it's not terrible. It's not bad. He yeah. looks serviceable. So I'm just saying he might be, he, he could be a guy. Like he he could be the answer for the future there. Because Will Howard's not committed yet. I don't know what's going on there. He's playing one more game maybe. Maybe he's just negotiating more money, but uh, Miller Moss might be the answer. Yeah, he'll be an interesting one. Again, this is one of those cases where this is his last bid to make an impression to possibly be a guy that at least could be contending for the spot next year. It does worry me that USC's just been like so hard in the portal. Like it's almost like they don't believe in him being the next guy. Like they were in on Cam Ward early. Um, they apparently tried to flip Aiden Childs recently. Now they got Will Howard, who Riley went out and visited. Like like. So, I mean, I don't really know what's yeah. going to happen there, but this is his last shot to really make this. This uh, could be a tryout film, too, for him. Yeah, to exactly, for another team or something like that. So it, it's yeah. possible, yeah. He enters that late transfer portal window, gets into a competition next year or something like that. So you can still kind of see a rise from this bowl game, uh, depending on what he does. On my side of the field, I talked about him a little bit when you're we talking about some of the LSU options there, but Garrett Nussmeyer. You know, I feel like it's almost become a yearly tradition, tradition to do this with him. I mean, <laughs> there was – but looking back there was one point where the rumor was that he was pushing Jaden Daniels early and throughout 2022 obviously you know Jalen took it and ran 2023 uh, but there's still some intrigue there with Nussmeyer I think he's not the biggest kid but he's got kind of a lively arm 
Um, not afraid to use it. He has some of those gunslinger qualities, averaging double-digit ADOT over his career. And we kind of saw how Jaden Daniels developed in this offense as well. You know, the, the wide receivers are usually surrounding their key, their quarterback with are, are good. Um, this is going to be his shot to prove that he could be the starting quarterback entering 2024 before they go back and dip into the portal and put him in a competition again, which is probably likely anyways. But this this might decide just what level of talent they decide to bring in for him to face. Every year. Every year. Every year. Yeah. Every year. <laughs> Maybe this is the year we finally get to see a season Every of him and get, and get a better evaluation of him. And, and Jim Harbaugh might finally go to the NFL. Like every year. <laughs> anyway, um, I am nervous though next year for LSU because Nussmeyer should start. I think everyone's kind of agrees to that. I haven't seen them though. You know, I haven't seen them put it together. Like, I don't want a Joe Milton here. Like, he's going to be Joe Milton where he like kills it. Everyone's like, oh yeah, Garrett Nussmeyer is the man. He's going to do it so well. Yeah, and he's gonna show up like Joe Milton did, and he, we're like, "Well, he's just really average, very average, <laughs> average guy." It's definitely a possibility, but he, I, I still think he's a potential riser. I think here uh, going into bowl season. Yeah. Oh, Miller Moss, by the way, he's playing Louisville, so pretty pumped about that. Yeah, but Louisville has a good defense this year, don't they? Uh, they haven't played anyone. Like it's oh. kind of skewed, you know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I have a bit of an obvious name on top. So do you? But this is a. Uh, Jackson Arm, Oklahoma, right? It's uh, time for true yeah. freshman Jackson Arnold to take the field. We saw him for, I think, about 12 attempts. Could have been 11 attempts. Like week two where he just threw a bunch of dump offs. Like two on eight on. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Yeah, all of them to Jarquez Petaway, who beat the year one zero yeah. mold. But anyway, like, he's the future, and I think he's going to be like – everyone here at the company has utmost confidence that he's going to – He's going to play well. We're all just worried about what his actual like Debbie upside is. And he's not just going to be one of those fantastic collegiate quarterback that sticks around for five years. Uh, so I'm pretty excited to watch him here. Like I, I, after a month of preparation, we should see them be able to do a little bit more than low a dot stuff. So I'm pretty pumped to watch Jackson Arnold at Oklahoma. And he's like, not even like QB. Like he's always like floating around. Everyone's top five for the class. I think he's probably a consensus top 10. So calling him a riser, I'm saying that he has a chance to rise up to being a top three quarterback for everyone here. Yeah, and at least rise in confidence level with him going forward, at least depending on what he does this year. And he's, you know, a lot of these freshmen are probably going to be guys who can who can rise this year. I mean, I, I was going to even mention Nico Yamalieva, who's probably going to get some playing time with Joe Milton going to the draft. I don't know if Joe Milton's actually going to play, but I wouldn't be surprised if he actually ended up opting out. But he's a guy that could potentially uh, see a rise, or at least a rise in confidence at least. But the guy I really wanted to talk about here, kind of the obvious name, uh, Ohio State quarterback Devin Brown, who was mm-hmm. really he was going to get a chance to start this this weekend, and I feel like he never really got a chance to show what he could do. Um, and then even with Kyle McCord's just just play that was okay, maybe that was a sign that he really wasn't ready to see the field. He also dealt with a bit of a hand injury, so maybe that played a part of it. But he's already taking this McCord transfer in stride. He's running with it. Uh, there's a ton of player comments out there right now in support of him. Um, he went and bought all his teammates gifts for Christmas this weekend, so maybe that's why they're talking so highly about him. Uh, so. They really haven't pulled the trigger on anything or been really invested in the transfer portal in a quarterback either. Maybe they're hoping Devin Brown can kind of show something and become a guy, very high recruit. This was a guy that we really liked over at C2C as well. Uh, I think he's got an NFL arm. I think he can move around a little bit. This is going to be his chance to take a very coveted starting spot for Ohio State. Maybe put Evan Stewart around him. You got Carnell Tate there. You got maybe a couple of these guys can break year one zeros as well into this bowl game. This is going to be a shot. And I think that with a strong game, he can actually solidify, you know, becoming the starting quarterback for the next year. I love the call too. I remember I was talking like a few weeks ago about Lincoln Kineholz getting in the relief duty. And we're like, is he even yeah. hurt? Like we need to like find out more about Devin Brown. So 
I'm finally pumped to see Devin Brown. I'm so pumped to see him. Uh, maybe we see Brady Allen play for Louisville. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would love that. Just let me know if he sucks, please. <laughs> you just why. need an answer. You just need an answer. <laughs> let me just see two drives, please. Um, yeah. I just want to give one honorable mention for a player that we will not see. And this is a Colin Decker special here. Uh, Emery Williams for Miami, who played fine against Clemson. Like, that's a really good defense. And he played a lot of short area stuff. And Thought he played pretty well. And then he played against – I'm a little slow pulling it up, but he looked terrible his second performance. And it looks like they're going to preserve his red shirt. He got hurt. Um, but we're not going to see him. But I I, I just want to say Miami – Miami fumbles the bag all the time. Like, he could be their starting quarterback next year. Like, and I think if they don't add a high-level guy in the portal, which it seems like they're linked to everybody so far that's high-level, but I haven't really seen any legitimate buzz – uh, but anyway, just wanted to mention Emery Williams' names. Did it for you, Colin. <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked about him a couple, at least when he was playing. We talked about him a little bit uh, entering the year. I actually drafted some shares early on because of uh, Colin's glowing report in our uh, supplemental draft guide that you can get this offseason as well. You know, you can find names like him, find names like a lot of guy, underrated guys that can be climbers. So be on the lookout for that this offseason. But Emory Williams is one of those names, very glowing report written by Colin Decker. And I took some shots this year, so I'm going to hope that he's going to be a guy that can rise going through the offseason into next year. Uh, heading over to running backs. Now, you wrote on here... You want to hear TJ Harden reaction? I just want to get you. He had a nice game. Um, are you still on that train? Are you still? Do you picture this as a rise for me? Because he did this last year too. So do you, do you think he's finally going to be the starting guy going into next year? No, I think he's going to be splitting with Carson Steele again. This is a yeah. Etienne um, Montreal Johnson situation. So I'm yeah. I'm not out. I'm not out. I'm just uh, you know day day three. It's day three. Yeah, maybe you, I'll you do a like Colin to- special and say he's got day two upside. Yeah, you can go on to your next guy, Lee. So I actually really like as well. You know, I've talked about him a lot, but I want to hear your side of it. Why do you like this guy? This is Corey's guy. I will not be taking him from Corey. Corey, who's wearing purple gear right now to show his love for purple teams, talking about DJ Giddens running back for Kansas State, right? Um, The running back landscape currently in college has not been great. We're still waiting to hear some commitments uh, going to the NFL draft, but at the moment, like I do like DJ Giddens. For some reason, I thought he was like 230 pounds going into the year, so I didn't really care to look into him. But he checks every single box. Like yeah. He's a very good pass catcher. He's very good at running down the middle. He's has good vision. He's got some wiggle to his game. He's not a plotter. Like He's good enough. Like he, I, I don't know. I don't know how high his ceiling is, but like I'm viewing him the way I viewed like like Tyler Algier in the past where I'm like, he can do everything. I don't know about a high level. He can do it, but like this guy's a back of the NFL, I think worst case scenario. And like when the starter goes down, cause they always go down. I'm feeling confident. Like I'm feeling confident. He's going to fill in and that's going to be like, he'll, it'll be okay. Yeah. With, with his receiving prowess and his kind of like slasher style. And he's, you know, he's that six foot, uh, 210 pounds. He's very reminiscent to me of Rashad White at Arizona State. Like, maybe not so much what he's been doing in the NFL. Kind of what he's been doing in the NFL, too. But he has the same type of mold. He has the same skill set with the pass catching, everything like that. I feel like their athleticism is probably around the same. That's kind of how I picture him um, as being that kind of guy, that that versatile guy. So, I love the call. I love DJ Ginn. So, uh, I'm I'm hopeful. He's he's definitely one of uh, – what are we calling my guys? (laughs) 
<laughs> Pereira's pals. Uh, Pereira's pals. Oh, you know what? Some guy actually texted me, um, Kane Rob, and shout out to Kane Rob C five uh, in in the program. Yeah, he's a he's a listener, and he gave me some names, and I can't remember. So sorry, man, I can't remember your name, but you had some good ones. So I'm gonna make sure to go back to that. I'm gonna go to one of my guys here though that I think has probably started to rise for some people throughout the season. That's Jordan James over at Oregon. Um, if you haven't been paying attention to what Jordan That's James is doing. That's my guy, dude. We should have switched names. Yeah, we should switch names. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you haven't been paying attention to what he's been doing behind Bucky Irving all year, you may get to witness it in their bowl game this year because I'm pretty sure Bucky Irving will probably opt out. I'm not actually sure if that's a, that's sure yet, but I know he's declared for the draft. He's averaging 17, 7.1 yards per carry on 95 attempts. He scored 10 rushing touchdowns. He's averaging four-plus yards after contact. All better numbers than Bucky Irving this year and first on the team. Um, he's also had a little bit of a receiving profile. He graded out well in pass protection. I mean, that's something that they routinely took Irving off the field for was to put him into protect. So he's a good size, 5'10", 205 pounds, a uh, really good uh, low center of gravity for, for that size as well. I could I could picture him being a guy who could get up to like that 210, 215 range and be able to carry it really well with his skill set. He's got that three-down workhorse skill set, in my opinion. I have a feeling a lot of people are going to be talking about him going into next year, into the season. And this is going to be the time that I think he could possibly put his name on the map to the people who haven't really been following so far. So Jordan James is my first name here at running back. I love it. You always got to be careful though when you grab these like thunder and lightning running backs and they lose their dynamic the lightning. duo. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of showcases what they don't do very well, kind of showcases their flaws. Um, so a little bit nervous about that. And like these past 12 teams had such a cake schedule, but Washington, who I think probably was the best defensive line they played this year, maybe next to Utah. Like he still averaged over five yards carry against both their matchups against Washington and also against Utah. So even against the teams I think have better trenches, he still did fine in his small sample size. So pretty excited about him. I think he has legitimate day two upside. Um, not ready to call him anything bigger than that. Just like the upside, but yeah, good call. I'm pretty comfortable about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I went with an obvious one here. Abusama the third, right? Uh, loved him during the snow game. I think probably got. I've heard some people talk about him outside, like the snow game, like the one like couple days afterwards. But I'm sure in the off season we'll be hearing him pumped up a little bit too much. But during the bowl game here, wait to see him like actually run, you know, without like the weather help. Uh, so I, I'm here on Abusama. I wrote about him in a recent article. I wrote about how efficient he was before the snow game. And then the snow game probably took him from like could be a guy to like everyone thinking like this is this is like the greatest running back on earth. And he's probably gonna look <laughs> yeah. I think he's gonna look like more of a more of a dude. So anyway, Abu Sama for Iowa State. The offense should run through him. They still don't have their quarterback situation down pat. The receivers are terrible. This offense is gonna run through Abu Sama. Yeah, he is a really interesting game to watch because we do have those questions. He had the one game where he was super efficient on like a, a few carries and, and really broke out there. Uh, crazy yards after contact, but it was just one game. And then you get the other game that was like the snow game where he was going all cra- where he went crazy on like three carries as well. And it's like, how much can you rely on that weather that really aided with that? So we really need to see a game where he's like gets 20 carries, gets those five yard chunks, gets those seven yard chunks, gets those three yard chunks that you push the pile a little bit and see that he can be more of a complete guy than this this guy who is, who's wildly efficient, which sometimes has, has let us down in the past when we buy onto these low sample size, efficient players going into next year. And the efficiency doesn't hold up when they finally get the fuller workload, uh, the, the full workload. So I'm really yeah. interested to see how, how he can do. He's playing against Memphis too. It's not gonna be a tough defense, but like this dude no. was like, he holds his state record for longest, uh, long jump out of high school. Yeah. Like he holds the record for him. I, he, he showcased some good footwork. It's just been like, 
a handful of flashes though. I just want to, I want to see more. If I can see more, I feel way more confident in the future of him. Yeah. Heading over to my next guy over here. I was recently reading that Lincoln Riley intends to really showcase uh, Austin Jones uh, in what's going to be his, his uh, final collegiate game in the holiday ball. But they're also going to get a really strong look at the freshman here in Quentin Joyner and Amarian Peterson. And I'm going with Quentin Joyner here as a guy who could really see a, a climb here, uh, at least put his name on the, map, uh, on the map a little bit. I think he's looked explosive every time he's been on the field. Um, he started the season really strong, impressive uh, two-touchdown effort in the spring game, had some flashy big runs there. Um, he continued that efficiency, efficiency through the season. Only four games this season. I was worried that they were going to try to maybe conserve that red shirt, but Riley came out and said that he's going to be playing. So uh, I'm willing to put him on here. 7.8 yards per carry on only 16 attempts this year. Very explosive guy who can make you miss as well. 10 forced missed tackles on, on those 16 attempts. So, I mean, he, he was forcing them at a pretty high rate as well. I think he's got the size. I think he's got the athleticism to really flash as a guy that could be in Marshawn Lloyd's role next year, depending, you know, how, how uh, Jaquavius March, we mentioned uh, above a little bit, how he, he, he uh, how he kind of fits into this all. But I'm excited to see what he can do in this bowl game. And I'm really hoping he can kind of, you know, stake his claim to be a really strong part of this backfield going into next year. I love it. Uh, I'm looking forward to true freshman Cameron Selden. Ooh, left for dead. You know, nobody, nobody likes him anymore, man. I tried to trade him a couple times during playoffs, try to pick up a piece, to try to help me, and everybody's looking on him pretty down right now. But you know yeah, to your offer. credit, I was just looking at, I was just looking at the depth chart. He is projected to be the number two guy in, in this bowl game with with some of those guys opting out. The offer I had in the off season, I said no because I was too scared. Was um, this was with KL Fancy too. Love you, Kyle. Mm-hmm. He was going to send me Luther Burden for Cam Selden and Kendrick Reese Connor. Oh, man. Like, that one hurts. That one you hurts. Have to <laughs> Austin told me no, bro, and I was nervous. Austin, come on, man. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> can't trust that guy. Um, so I'm going to blame Austin on that one, obviously. So, anyway, it's my bad, his fault, though. So, Cam Selden. <laughs> Cam Selden, for everyone who doesn't know, his background story is very similar to Raheem Sanders. He's very raw. He's six foot two, two twenty. He's an athletic freak. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't put on twenty five pounds the way Raheem Sanders did. Uh, but lost touches. I can't want to say it was week four. He fumbled the ball. Like he, I think it was yeah. a kickoff too. Like he fumbled it. Um, coaches were like straight up, like can't do that. Like in a press conference, like yeah, freshman can't do that. And so yeah. we didn't get to see him for six weeks. Comes back against UConn, six attempts for 35 yards. Plays a little bit against Georgia, three for 11. So he's getting back working to the offense here. So that makes me feel pretty good. Because like if he ended the year going to the doghouse, I've really, really been nervous. So hopefully we can see a bigger involvement into this game. Corey just said he's number two on the depth chart here. Uh, Dylan Sampson is the other guy there. And so is Jabari Small. Um, who's, who's he behind the depth chart? Uh, just Dylan Sampson. Just for this bowl game, the projected depth chart is going to be Dylan Sampson, Cameron Selden, Jabari Small uh, expected to opt out and declare for the draft, and Jalen Wright has already declared for the draft, so he's opting yeah. out as well. So, okay, well, I hope Small does. I hope. He yeah, does. <laughs> I don't know if that's a smart move for him, but I hope he does that. Uh, but anyway, so I'm pretty excited about that too. Um, I'm excited to talk Jalen Wright with you some other time. Yeah, we def- definitely a guy that we got to look into. That I kind of you know, maybe wrongly pinned as a change of pace back. But I also think that he, that just might be what he is, to be honest. No, I think but, that's what he is. Yeah, everything yeah, was yeah. like bounced out wide, holes were open. Is Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah, I know. Very but, but Sel- Sel- Selden's a good call there. You know, a guy that's hopefully on the spectrum of like 
Antonio Gibson, David Johnson, Raheem Sanders. Like, there is downside to that spectrum too. Like, if anybody remembers the old Tennessee uh, running back slash wide receiver Jalen Hurd, a little bit bigger of a size, but you know, there is downside to that spectrum as well. A guy that just doesn't really solidify himself at any position and just kind of floating around doesn't become a lead at anything. So there always is that downside with those guys, but there's huge upside with those guys too. I mean. David Johnson is a guy who's like running back one in dynasty for like many seasons. When they come with that kind of receiving profile, they can do that kind of stuff. Like it gets you really excited. Those are the kind of backs that I kind of have, have a, a soft spot for. Yeah. Saquon's on that spectrum too. And yep. Saquon like gets a little bit too much credit for his running ability. He's not a good runner. Like he's, you, I still remember people picking him apart when he was coming out of the draft. He bad vision. He has bad vision. He, he tries to do too much. He dances too much, this and this. And I mean, he's done just fine at the next level. <laughs> I think, I think he's an average runner, but his pass catching superb. But yeah, anyway, I, I think Cam Southern can fall into that bucket too. But anyway, very excited to see him, see him next year too, as well. I like your last one on your list, by the way, I really do. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with I'm just gonna say the next Notre Dame running back who at this point okay. I think he's gonna be looking like freshman running back Jeremiah Love. Yes, yes. who did I didn't necessarily yeah I didn't necessarily did you, love. Go ahead, sorry. Did, sorry, I'm sorry. Did you see the one v one clip for him for like passing rep in practice? No, I didn't see it. No, it, it was beautiful. I, he cooked him. <laughs> I mean, it was like I was like, dude, you can't have running backs running routes like that. That's dangerous. Yeah, I didn't necessarily love him as a prospect, but like he he settled in really nicely as a running back too for like most of the season this year, which I was actually surprised with. Managed 6.2 yards per carry on 56 attempts, uh, second leading rusher for the team. Um, we know he has the receiving chops from high school, and like you said, you saw it in practices he, uh, uh, this year as well with that clip. He did manage to catch 10 balls for 64 yards this year, but he could definitely uh, expand on that as well. He's going to be a guy I'm looking for to really take over this. We know how good these Notre Dame running backs have been. I mean, I mean, Kyron Williams was looking like a bust. All of a sudden, he's breaking out onto the scene. Audrey Estime is probably going to see some decent draft capital. We'll see how that transition goes. We'll get into him a little bit more when we talk about our for our rookie profiles coming up the next few weeks here in the new year. Um, but he's going to be a guy I'm going to be watching out for. I'm also going to be kind of looking out for Jadarian Price. I think that you know he's held back by that ugly knee injury he had two years ago. He still could be possibly recovering from that. That could be a factor here. But, you know, Audrey Gessman is going to be opting out. One of these two are going to have to show out and put their claim on this job heading into 2024. And I, I really think Jeremiah Love has done enough to really be a guy to be excited about and see a rise in the rankings throughout this offseason. Oh, I, now I see that Mike just sent me this clip right here. I'm going to play it really quick. Oh, look at this. Nice little wiggle off the line. Breaking free. Oh, man, he cooked this guy. Dude, the head big, too, and the burst oh, out. Oh, man. Break. Oh, I love this. I love this a lot. Yeah, yeah. I love pass-catching talent in my running backs. I really think that you need that nowadays going into the next level to, to just separate yourselves because, like, running backs are a dime a dozen nowadays. With with ability like that, like, I really I really love that, seeing that clip from him. He's going to have that in his bag of tricks. He's going to be a riser this offseason, I think. I think I'm, I'm going to put him top five in the classroom. I just don't know how high or how confident, yeah. but not crazy at all. No. Yeah. Big fan. All right. Anyway, I just, I love that clip from him. Uh, wraps up the running backs there. Going over to the wide receiver group. I really struggled with names here. I picked a lot of younger names, uh, mm-hmm. but stick with Notre Dame. I wrote Jaden Greyhouse. Jaden Greyhouse had a pretty good like opener against Navy cooked the guy at the line, caught a long touchdown. But while you're watching that touchdown, like the DB closed on him pretty fast. And that was our biggest concern with that athleticism. Mm-hmm. Did see him get too many touches this year. Rico Flores got more touches than him. Um, I think he had another good game. I got pulled up. I remember watching clips from that and he looked athletically like fine. Like he, he wasn't getting like caught up the way they were at the Navy game. Like I'm hoping that dude was just blazing fast. So, 
for me, the jury is still out on Jaden Greyhouse. No one here at this company is overly enthused about him. So that's why I think he's a potential riser because if you can have a good game and show that DBs aren't closing out the way they did for that Navy mm. game, yeah, I, I, th- I think this could be a good riser because he's, he's like going to be sitting in that like like when we do the Debbie guide, I can see it right now. He's going to be like a tier four guy for us where it's like maybe, maybe not, probably selling him because they usually don't work out, you know? Yeah, it's a tough profile to buy in. And like, and the times we have seen him, like, I want to say he's looked like transition wise to the NFL. He's looked more like a possession PPR type of guy. Like, he catches the ball. There's not a lot of yards after the catch. There's not a lot of stuff like that. But he is like finding ways to get open and being a little bit savvy. Like, if I were to give him like a very high upside comparison, you're hoping that this guy is going to be Keenan Allen. You know what I mean? Develop that route running ability to win in the middle of the field, be enough of a possession wide receiver. Because Keenan Allen's not, we know he's not athletically like like great. I mean, he's like a four, he was almost a four seven guy, I think, when he tested. Yeah. Apparently he was, had a bad foot that year, but he was hurt. Yeah. Yeah, he apparently had and, a bad foot. But still, I still imagine he's more like a four six guy, right? Which is hopefully what we're gonna um, maybe not hopefully it'll be better than that. But I think that's where we kind of peg Jane Greathouse by the time he gets to the NFL. I think that's probably the upside we're looking for. Hopefully a little bit slimmer as well. I mean, I know he's playing at like 220. Maybe you want to see him more on that 210 range. 205 range, we can get all the way down to there. More on that 210 range, I think, would would, would it, um, make that athleticism stand out a little bit more. I actually uh, thought he looked 210 when we saw him on the field. Which I knew would that be better. Was, I thought that was the concern. I knew I remember that being the concern in the offseason, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, heading over to my first guy here at the wide receiver position, it's not even a guy. I'm just going to say that I'm looking at the – I'm on year one zero watch heading into this, this, this bowl season. And I'm I've singled out four guys here. I think you you would you have one of these guys on your list as well. Um, I single out these guys. I think they have the best chance at it. You know, these rooms are taking a big hit from the opt outs heading to the draft, or maybe guys who have hit the transport already. And I'm talking about the Ohio State guys in Brandon Ennis, Noah Rogers. I'm talking about LSU guy in Shelton Sampson. And I'm talking about the Oregon wide receiver Jurion Dickey. I'd say the OSU guys. I feel like have the best shot. You know, with how they run their vertical offense, I think there's a good chance Egbuka and Marvin Harrison don't play. I guess Egbuka's a little bit more up in the air, but even so, he's just one guy. Fleming's out the door already, so we're going to see a lot of these guys play. Um, Devin Brown likely at the helm, which is a guy that I like, passing the ball. Plus, a guy like Innes has already been pretty close with with his big play this season. So those are the two guys that I feel like could still do it. We haven't seen much of Samson or Dickey. I know Dickey's had the injury as well, but still, there's a lot of opportunity for these guys to possibly make an impact here. So that's what I'm on. I'm on year one zero watch heading into the bowl season here. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, you're absolutely right. I feel like there's going to be one surprise. We have 14 guys right now that's already beaten it. It's like kind of a little bit lower than usual years. Um, but I think if you had to put odds to all these names, I do think Ennis would be the odds on favorite, but the guy yeah. that would be like the value pick. I'm going to put out jury on Dickey. Uh, maybe he mm-hmm. wasn't as healthy as we thought going into the season. I mean, there were games that were blowing people out and like 15 dudes have receptions and not one of those things with jury on Dickey. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So my pick's going to be Dickey. Um, I'm throwing like five bucks on him. So that's how confident I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Then uh, he at least sees the field. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you need like all 100 yards to, to beat it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I could see that because like Samson's had opportunity. He's healthy. Rogers is healthy. Like they they just haven't gotten any snaps. Dickie hasn't either, but Dickie has a little bit more context behind it. Yeah, I like that. So I, I mean, this is the one spot that we've seen guys break that last that last chance to break that year one zero, and it's actually proven to be good heading into the next year. So hopefully that some of these guys can, can kind of do that here. And yeah, definitely the OSU guys I think are are definitely top top of that list. I did want to ask you though. I didn't really consider this either. 
even the Florida State guys, like Keon's already opted out. I don't know if Johnny Wilson does. Like, do you think Hakeem actually, and Vincent Jacobs? Did Keon opt out yet? Oh, yeah, I guess he did. Everybody from FSU have opted out already. Yeah, no, nobody even wants to play there as well. So, yeah, that's definitely a shot there, too. Yeah. Uh, okay. Between the between uh, Hakeem Williams and uh, Vendrigas Jacobs, who, who we talked about a little bit uh, prior to the season as well, except he doesn't even fall into the parameters. Actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. All right, I'm going to talk about a guy that's also one of Corey's guys that I'm just borrowing for this episode here. <laughs> Georgia wide receiver Dylan Bell, who's very similar to Jerry Brown that I talked about earlier. He is a gadgety player, but he's been like a really good safety blanket, like wide receiver three, four. He's just been overlooked by the other talents on Georgia. But like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, it's another guy where it's like safe floor. Like you feel good. He's going to be involved in the offense. It's just like, we don't know what his ceiling is, but he's involved in everything. He's very versatile. And with Georgia, like that's a high level of football to be versatile in. So Dylan Belford, for UGA like I'm watching Dylan Bell and, and like if he blows up like I hope we can finally put some more respect on his name besides tier seven tier six and like the guy <laughs> yeah I've just been like pushing his I've been keeping his name in there I'm pretty sure I still we still wrote him up last year I'm mistaken. yeah he's yeah. always just at the bottom just chilling yeah I, th- I honestly I think he's an NFL talent I think he's got an NFL frame I think he's got NFL athleticism and I think that the versatility adds to adds to the entire profile I mean I, I have a cut up of what he's done this year on Twitter. And if you look at the raw numbers, you'd be like, okay, he hasn't done anything. Watch this cut <laughs> yeah. up of him on Twitter. And you'd think you were looking at a guy who's like a really good wide receiver. I think he's going to be playing on Sundays, whether it's a day three pick, whether it's whatever, I don't know. But this guy that can rush the ball a little bit, this guy who's, I think, thrown a pass as well. This guy's done a little bit of everything as a wide receiver as well. He's played out in the X, he's played out in the slot, he's, he's, Showing some release moves as well. He's a very versatile wide receiver, a guy that I really like. Definitely a Pereira pal. Um, <laughs> heading into my, do I, do oh, I say wait, last? Sorry, I just oh. include now on Dylan Dylan Bell here. I just want to oh. include this. He's gotten a really big increase in snaps the last three weeks, 24, 22, and 31 snaps mm-hmm. last three weeks. That's been his biggest increase to 25 receptions and 25 rushing attempts on the year. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. It's a very versatile usage. We just hope he's not one of these guys that's going to fall into like not excellent at anything though, and just kind of just, like be- becomes like a clear a Khalil Shakir type guy. You know what I mean? Where he's just like a no, no, I do not know what you mean about this. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly what Maybe I mean. Maybe like Demetric Felton. Let's let's use him as whoa, whoa, that's way too low. Come on, man. <laughs> that's a fifth round draft pick. <laughs> also Shakir. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Don't ever disrespect Kalosh Kirimi like that ever again. That's not disrespect. I, I, that's that's a prayer pal, man. <laughs> Anyways, I'll go on to my next guy here. Um, I'm going over to Texas A&M and a guy that I think has popped a little bit this year. Pretty underrated still, um, but with Anai Smith leaving and Evan Stewart in the portal, I think Noah Thomas could step into like the number one role here for the Aggies. I think he's an interesting guy. Six six, two hundred pounds. Not a size that we typically see a lot of success from. Um, but also makes him kind of interesting from a unicorn standpoint. If he can have the success, success there, you know, you you kind of get excited about it. If that six, that size can translate, finished as a team's third leading receiver this year. He did flash a couple uh, times this year. He also dealt with some injuries, so maybe not as strong as of a season that we really would have hoped. But 
uh, really strong hands, had an almost 80% success rate on nine contested, uh, nine contested targets this year. Uh, he brought down seven of them uh, while only accounting for one drop on the air as well. So really good hands. Um, got some deceptive speed to him as well. He's a track and field guy. Had some pretty good numbers in the 400 meter, 200 meter. Uh, he's going to be only going into his third season here as well. A good shot at earning a productive role next year with a big game here. You know, and with all the guys leaving, I think he could he could really do well for himself with a big game here. That is hands down the worst call I've I've heard you say. I I just I don't like Noah Thomas. I, I I think he's flashed a little bit this year. He did early on, like nine touchdowns in like two games. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating. It's probably yeah. like six in three weeks. I think is what it was. And then he was. I'm always, I'm always interested in these unicorn types. So if they can, if they because if they can beat that mold that we're not usually yeah that doesn't usually work, then it's like it makes them really interesting. Like a Braylon Allen, you know, like we never expected Braylon Allen to be as good as he was, and then he's kind of breaking the mold now. And that unicorn of him makes him very interesting at the next level or else, you know, he might be like a fifth round pick if he didn't excel at that size. Yeah. Uh, my last guy here, I'm actually heading over to Illinois. I'm not a fan. Never was a fan. There's been a certain fan group out there. So I'm truly kind of saying his name to just kind of revitalize that group here. But true freshman Malik Elzey here for uh, mm-hmm. Illinois. I think they're number one guys in the portal or he declared one of the two. But I know he's not playing. Malik Elzey has not beat the year one drill more, but he's got five catches for 52 yards and one touchdown. He just needs 48 more yards. Yeah. Like that's it. 12 targets. Been real quiet down the stretch here. Got only got real significant playing time against Penn State. So um, anyway, Malik Elzey, I think he very clearly beat it this week. And we didn't really talk about him in the RB section because we've talked about him plenty in the last couple of weeks of the year. But Caden Feegan for running back also needs to be watched during the Illinois game. Yeah, Malik, I think you were calling me out there as a, as a specific group of people that talked about because I we did I did talk about him during our impact freshman episode. Malik Elzey, I like some of the things 6'2", 200 pounds, like he's a good size, uh, highest wide receiver commit uh, to Illinois since two thousand seven. Um, you know, and he and he's done some nice things. Uh, our recruiting team does have him pinned at twenty point three miles per hour, which is like the oh, the bare minimum. Yeah. Um, as a recruit, so hopefully he's he's gonna add a little bit more athleticism to him. Two four seven sports compares him to Brian Edwards, so maybe more of a little cool. bit of a strong possession receiver type, you know. But definitely a guy I think you know watch going into next year to watch, especially with the way that room is opening up. I like that. That's a good comp too. We're going to talk about tight ends. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> we are talking tight ends, guys, tonight. Bowl game riser tight ends. We're going deep for you guys. That's right. That's right. Also wrote this in my articles recently, but I'm gonna talk about Addison. Ostregna from Iowa. And let me tell you what, this boy has eaten well in college. I'll tell you that. Uh, Corey, you looked up his background just pre-show. You want to just breeze over that real quick? Yeah, no, it looked like he was a guy who split out a lot and played more of like a wide receiver role in, in high school. He came in at 220. He's already up to 255 pounds, so he's already eating. And yeah. he's been the guy kind of taken over since all is gone and since since Luke Lachey is gone. So I, I'm not sure what... Uh, what the future holds for those two guys, if they're going to decide to enter, if they're going to return, but still IOI tight ends, always guys. We've got to keep an eye on. He's been filling in. He's been really a short area guy. Not a lot of like yak on his stuff. He hasn't really been able to work downfield too much, but I feel like he's improved every single game. And I watched him because I want to know, like, I mean, it's an Iowa tight end. Like you got it. It's an Iowa tight end. But So I'm like trying to do my homework into him though, but Averaging four yards yak per reception for a tight end, that's really not special at all. But like he's out there running routes. His yards per route run super low too. But like it's it's it, dude, it's Iowa. It's Iowa. Like I'm not expecting them to get like passes over there, but it just seems very clear that this guy is the tight end three on the depth chart. 
Eric All and uh, Luke Lachey are both, you know, they're older, they're hurt, they're coming back from, from injury. I don't have no idea if they're going to clear for the draft. But, like, by next year or two years from now, it should be Ostregna. So watch out for Ostregna in this bowl game. See if he, like, pops off. In the conference championship, they played against Michigan. He led the team with nine targets, seven receptions for 50 yards, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot for Iowa. For Iowa, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's, dude, that's an MVP performance to get 50 yeah. yards for Iowa. Uh, so Maybe anyway. leading wide receiver after that game. <laughs> yeah, he's actually pretty close. It's kind of embarrassing. It's very close. So um, Addison Ostregna, who probably got a girlfriend. That's probably what happened. He probably got a girlfriend in college. Girlfriends make you fat. We all know this. This is this is what happens in life. Yeah, so I'm going to – I'll finish this off with um, – I lied to you. I ain't going very deep. You know, you're, you guys were lucky to get that name from Mike because I don't got no deep names from you here. The only guys I'm telling you guys to watch out for is I'm assuming Brock Bowers is going to opt out from Georgia. This, uh, he did for not this travel with the team. Yeah, okay, so there you go. So he's obviously not. He's getting ready for the draft. So we are going to see a, a good dose of Mr. Oscar Delp, very high-ranking tight end. I think we all have him in within our top five, at least, at tight ends. That's including the class now, so he's probably more like top three. Um, but also keep an eye out for Lawson Lucky, a guy that in the spring um, they used in that Brock Bowers role uh, while Oscar Delp was kind of blocking a little bit more at times too. Um, Lawson Lucky, a very athletic kid, kind of kind of the same mold as Brock Bowers too. He's more like a 6'3", 230-pound type guy, kind of fits this that similar type of mold. So he's, he's a name I would say to watch out for as well. Maybe Pierce Sperlin as well. I don't even know if he's healthy enough to play, but he was a guy that I know at, uh, Austin was really high on, was like his tight end two coming into the class, suffered a collarbone injury that really set him back. But he's a guy that could potentially get some playing time, I guess, in this game too. So really the Georgia tight ends here, Finding out who the next guy is going to be, probably going to be Oscar Dell. But even, you know, down the line as well, we'll see which one of these guys can pop. All right, tight end talk, guys. That's it. That'll be it for the month. <laughs> uh, me and Corey will oh, – actually, Corey, are we doing the after show tonight? We might. Yeah, we could do the after show, I think. Okay, yeah, we'll that's the after good. show. Yeah. But for everyone that doesn't join us for the after show, we will see you next year. That's right. We're off until next year, guys. I'm sorry to tell you guys that. <laughs> From Corey and from Mike, good night and good luck.